Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. SoupX, the Startup Expo, North America's premier startup conference, is March 6th and 7th, 2017, in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Affordably priced, SoupX is a two-day international conference featuring workshops, panels, speeches, a $50,000 startup competition, and over 100 exhibitors. For more information, go to sup-x.org. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Adam Force. He's the founder at Change Creator. Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you're what you're doing um, is really important, and uh, you know, I think more and more people need to think about this stuff and actually put into action what you're doing. But maybe before we get into what Change Creator is, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure, sure. Well, geez, that goes back many years now. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, good. That's good. I started in New Jersey, and then I moved to New York City, and then I was there for a number of years, and then I was in Jersey City, and then I was in Philadelphia for the past six years, and now I finally made my way down to sunny South Florida, and uh, I'm hanging out here since the past, uh, what did we come, July, July 2016, so hanging out here the heat the heat's gone the humidity's gone and now it's 80 degrees and uh we're relaxing nice you made it through all the storms and and whatnot yeah honestly we we all hunkered down for hurricane matthew but um it didn't come through so we have lots of extra food that's good that's good so what did you take in university uh, I, I did marketing, you know, that was okay. my thing. I always liked marketing. And honestly, at the time, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So it became one of those generic, okay, I'll do marketing because I sure as heck wasn't going to do finance and accounting. I mean, I got, I, I just could never wrap my head around accounting, like stuff like that. My sure. brain just goes into a knot and I'm like, uh, but marketing, I was always more of the, the extrovert creative, uh, you know, I like to think of myself as creative. I guess everyone does, but that was more uh, interesting to me. So I figured it'll open uh, a large amount of doors and cover off on a lot of opportunities. So that's what I did. Sure. That's never going to be a bad skill set to have, right? No matter whether you're doing your own thing or you're working for a company or or whatnot. So walk me through what Change Creator is and kind of how it came to be. Yeah. So I'll give you the primary description and That is, it's a brand that's really just supporting a transition in how we approach business, right? Okay. And, you know, I'm focused on social entrepreneurship and there's lots of debate about like, what does that exactly mean? Everyone's got their own definition. Um, But really, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, it's about looking at underserved markets um, and helping to solve social and environmental problems. And to me, you can approach business saying, you know, I want to create a pet rock and sell as many Mm -hmm. as I can to make a quick buck. Um, or you create a business that is going to give people a new tool so they can live healthier or, you know, have food on the table, um, you know, put shoes on their feet, like these things that contribute uh, to making the world just a little bit better. And when we do that, you know, the 
the common good is benefited and as a whole we're stronger. So I think that there's room for money to be made in business in general and just we need to shift our perspective a little more about how we're approaching it. What are our intentions um, and what we're trying to get out of it. So that's what we're trying to support and you can see there's a lot of data out there from Pew, Nielsen, um, you know, millennial research, whatever it is. And the younger the generation gets, Generation Z, and then you have millennials, and then you have Generation X, <clears throat> excuse me, they are, you're seeing more and more of a shift that is going from the, you know, uh, traditional business stuff down to, well, like, you know, over 60% millennials say, I think I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And if I do, I want to do something meaningful. It's important for me to buy products from companies that are acting responsibly towards the environment and people. So they're looking down the line and saying, I don't just want to make money. I want to make money because I have to, sure. but I want to make it meaningful. I want to make it fulfilling. I want to have a purpose, you know? So as we see that more and more, I think there's a number of things technologically that are uh, contributing to those that shift in behavior. And as that's happening, it's kind of like, I almost see it as a quiet revolution stirring up and, and slowly transitioning. Interesting. Um, yeah. And, and, and I want to help be the face of that and, and bring it to life more and, and kind of just make it become more of a standard approach to business. So that's kind of where my head is at. Um, and I'll stop there so I don't go on for an hour. No, I, I think that's good. And I, I think it's super important. And I, I like how you call it like a silent revolution. Cause I think you're right. Like in a lot of cases, um, especially like, I guess I'm at the, the tail end of being a millennial, like I'm, I'm 33. So, you know, I kind of relate to a little bit of both kind of generations, I guess, in some respects, but it, it does make a lot of sense. I think that more and more young people actually care about kind of making it, making the world better or actually giving back to, to things and causes and, you know, trying to still make money, but, you know, donating some of those process or profits, sorry, back to, you know, communities, whether it's locally or, you know, anywhere else in the world, right? And um, so I'm curious then, how did you decide to start Change Creator? Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I was so stressed and so fed up with the hustle of, you know, New York City and I was working at, you know, WebMD and, um, you know, I love that company. It's a great company. Um, and I've learned a lot, but you know, the city hustle gets to you and just the everyday rigmarole of going to work and blah, 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 busting your hump and the pace of New York, as you all know, is probably one of the highest paced cities in the world. Sure. Um, I was, I was sitting there with my now wife and I was like, we've got to just get out of here. And I was really, I'm always, I've always been into self-development and I read, you know, philosophy books or all these things to really help me just kind of manage my own stress and have good perspective on things. Sure. Um, so we went to Costa Rica, man. We were sitting out in this almond cove, which is like where the rainforest met the ocean. And I'm telling you, we were out. I felt like I was on another planet. And just like so many, you know, I've interviewed a number of people now, and I think 70% of them, they have their aha moment for their business based on their travel experience. And in a different way, this happened for me. I was sitting there with my thoughts. I honestly just kind of got wrapped up and started asking myself, you know, where am I going to be in 10 years? What am I going to be doing? Is what I'm doing right now meaningful to me? Like, you know, like what do I, who, who is the person I want to become and, and what's going to be my legacy in this world? 
And, you know, as I noticed, I was really into like um, Neil deGrasse Tyson at the time. And he always talked about how everything is connected, right? And when I was sitting out there, you can really see how just sensitive and precious and how everything works together. So long story short, I uh, was walking down the beach and I noticed these little grains of like, you know, I was picking up the sand. I'm like, wow, nobody's out here yet. There's these little plastic particles in there that broke down in the ocean and they're washing up on the ocean. I was like, man, it's really sad, you know, and it's like choking our ocean. And so anyway, my frustrations got to me and I was like, I need to go back and I need to do something in my life that tackles these problems. How can I help? Like, what can I do to make my life, you know, you know, worth something here? And so I started getting into the idea of social entrepreneurship. Um, and I was, it was very new to me, obviously. And I just liked the idea because to me that made sense, approach business and make an impact, make it meaningful, but make money at the same time. Make, it's basically making a difference through the living that you live. Um, and so I explored that, but at the time, six years ago, there was not a lot of information about it. There's no courses like there are today. Uh, books were very limited, and I found one book by um, Billy Parrish and his friend uh, Devin, I forget his last name, and it was called Making Good. And okay. it's a great book. I mean, in the book, they're like, make a living and a difference. That's like the mantra. <laughs> and I was like, great, this is right up my alley. They're speaking to me. They're talking about their experience. And, you know, they uh, really share. He dropped out of Yale to uh, start the Queen, Queen Energy um, Clean Energy, what is it, Action Coalition or something like that. I forget the exact name. Well, that's amazing. Uh, and now it's the biggest movement against climate change uh, for youth today. And now he's also started a solar company. So I got really into it and I started dabbling with hemp water bottles to <laughs> reduce plastic pollution. I mean, the, when you start looking at the plastic, just, just next time you go through a supermarket or you're just walking around, start taking notice about how much plastic there is and you're gonna be blown away. And then you have to remember, every piece of plastic ever made that you see is still here today from the beginning of humanity, and it will be through the next 20 generations. It's gonna be here for over a thousand years, if not forever, it's not biodegradable. Yeah, so that's we're crazy. just piling it up, and over six million tons a year go into the ocean. So when I did that kind of research, I was just like, wow, what can I do, you know? And it's such a big problem that you feel like insignificant. Uh, so I, I dabbled with all kinds of stuff. I was reading books about different kinds of plastics and hemp and all these different things and on and on and on. It wasn't the best fit for me. I shifted over and I got really into rainforest advocacy for obvious reasons if my travel to Costa Rica and stuff. Sure. Um, you know, it's like 90 football fields a second are destroyed of, of rainforest. Really? You know, it's, it's that, that's the numbers crazy. numbers are just wow. staggering. Wow. Um, and what happens is, you know, the, the biodiversity goes away and that is something that's essential to human life, uh, that it disturbs the water and the rain cycles, like all these problems. And, you know, so another thing that really got me fed up, um, dabbled in that, I made websites, I made a, a conscious news website at one point called the blue.post.com. And that was for me to get all these ideas. I had to, I was reading so much. I had to get this information out to people. Um, so I did that for over a year and a half or something like that. And then finally, because I was always listening to podcasts and reading books, I came across a podcast where they started talking about a digital magazine and they were doing an entrepreneur magazine. Um, and so they said that the readers were asking for more interviews with social entrepreneurs. So the light goes off for me and I'm like, ah, 
finally, this might be something I can wrap my head around because what made it easier is I had skill sets in user experience, design. I know how to manage editorial, like stuff like that was more in line with who I was. So I actually took a self inventory of like, what are my values? Who am I? What are my skills? All that stuff. And the magazine made the most sense for me. And so I said, great, maybe I won't be a actual social entrepreneur by definition, but I can play in the category. And what I can do is give people the information that I never had and I can help them along their path because what I do want to do is make as many social entrepreneurs as possible so that they can start using their brilliant ideas to address these insane problems, which are really created by just flawed systems, you know, that are just failing people left and right. Um, and so, you know, I'll stop there, but that was the idea and that's what really gave birth to it. I think it's great how you basically, you know, took some time and kind of figured out kind of who you were and who you wanted to be and travel. I kind of had a similar experience. Like I, I spent some time in LA over the summer um, in 2004 and kind of, I used to go to the ocean every day and just like sit like a foot from the water and just kind of like ponder who I was mm -hmm. and what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do and, and that kind of thing. And I think I recommend that to a lot of people is just kind of go somewhere, even if it's for like a few weeks or months or whatever, and just travel and kind of find yourself, especially when you're kind of young and, and, uh, and whatnot. And I, I think I love how you basically took your skill set and are using it to actually like make a change and, and better the better the planet. And so I'm, I'm curious, though. So you mentioned a podcast, you mentioned a magazine, and obviously, you're, you're covering kind of social entrepreneurs. But how do you kind of find your content and decide, you know, what goes in the podcast, who you who you interview kind of for the magazine and for the podcast? Um, you know, it's, it is a selective process. So I try my best, um, despite being spread pretty thin, but I try to make a strategy and I think ahead about the types of things that are being discussed in the market right now. Um, but what really drives it, um, is who I believe I'm talking to specifically, <laughs> okay. you know, it's, it's the target audience. You have to understand your, your persona. Um, and so I've gone through several iterations, <clears throat> excuse me, and hypotheses of, you know, who my target audience segments are, and then who the most important segment that I'm talking to right now is. And so I've developed my personas and done a ton of research and you know the research is very important so you have your 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 research on you know millennials today or entre entrepreneurs today and then i've done surveys to my audience once i was able to build up some of the audience i surveyed them to find out well what kind of problems are you having do you own a business now do you not own a business now why do you read change creator magazine um you know and stuff like that so now i can start understanding well here's what i need to put in here for content because that's that's what the 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 person i'm talking to needs so that's the important thing to me i think that if you don't know who you're talking to um even if it is a hypothesis you know what are their favorite movies and you might ask well why would you care about what someone's favorite movies are i will give you a reason why sure. the reason why is if they tell you that it's rudy and remember the the Titans, the football movie, or um, you know things like that. Then you're gonna sit there and say, well, this is a person that loves the idea of, of the little guy winning or overcoming adversity. Um, and so then you're gonna say, well, that might be then someone who's a good fit for entrepreneurial information, right? Sure. So it, it kind of gives you a sense of who they are. And those are the movies though that people watch 
over and over, despite how many times they've seen them. Why? Why do they keep watching them? Why do they like it so much? You know, uh, where are they from? Um, where are they in their scale of consideration? Meaning, you know, are they not even do? They, are they even thinking about social entrepreneurship at all? Um, maybe they haven't even heard of it. That's like the very, very top of the scale. But if you go down a little further, they might have heard of it, but haven't done any research. Or maybe they heard of it and they've done a ton of research. Maybe they've heard of it and they've actually attempted to start a business, but they're stuck. You know, so like where are they in that scale of considering this this category? And so you got to know where they are. Otherwise, you don't know what they need at that point in their in their life. So I think that's an important part of the process, and that is what dictates some of our content, especially the blog, which I'm trying to get you know ramped up a little bit more. And in the magazine, I tend to look at who the key uh, front uh, feature will be on the cover. Sure. And you know, for example, if I have somebody like Neil Patel, who just got released this past October, um, he was obviously he's a marketing expert. Um, but he wrote a great book about having meaning in your life and hustling to live that that passion. Um, so we did a magazine that was more focused on marketing for that one. The theme became like SEO, driving scale for your social enterprise and traffic, all things that you know social entrepreneurs need to know. And so he kind of set the theme for the magazine. And I have a social entrepreneur awardee, um, you know, Dr. Alasdair Harris, which will be coming out on our cover. And he does a lot of great stuff for marine biology and, and preservation um, with different cultures around Madagascar that are scaling up dramatically now. So that issue might lean a little bit more towards, um, you know, the uh, environmental side and talking some of those things. So sometimes it sets the theme for the magazine. That's awesome. I, I think that's great. So how often are you releasing new uh, issues? It's every other month right now. Okay. And, um, you know, I my original intention was to not make the magazine what the brand is. The brand is a brand that supports and wants to be basically breathing new life into social entrepreneurship, getting it um, a little bit more of a uh, you know, making it having more cool factor, right? You know, making it that standard for entrepreneurship, the the approach of entrepreneurship, and so that's what the brand is. And then the magazine is a initiative of that brand, and that was done to get some recognition, start getting you know to talk to some some social entrepreneurs, and using it as a tool to start getting our our information out there and building trust with the audience that you know we are professional and and we are um, we do have good content. And so that is a stepping stone, just like the podcast is. Um, and it has a reoccurring monetary model so that we can try and sustain the business. Um, so as long as you're being profitable, then it brings some, some money in. Sure. So we'll cover kind of monetization in a second, but I'm curious then, let's talk a bit about the podcast. Um, do you have the people that are in the magazine on the podcast or different people? And how often are you putting out a new episode of the podcast? So right now we just moved a couple of weeks ago to become um, just starting in October a weekly podcast that's every Tuesday, um, okay. and so um, yeah, so that goes out every Tuesday. So we just had one go out today with Tim Berry, and so Tim Berry was released in the magazine last week uh, with the latest edition, um, and so yes, they are in the magazine. But in the magazine, we'll go into more detail, have visual examples, resources, all those types of things. So it is more robust in the magazine. 
Sure. And then obviously the podcast, it depends what people want. And then there's, there's a lot. There's usually two interviews in the magazine. There could be three. I've had up to four, but I tend to now do one feature, which is that main interview, and then one secondary interview, which could be on marketing or it could be a second success story with a social entrepreneur that offers tips and things like that. So it just depends. But, um, yeah, they, they are weekly and they do run in the magazine and on the uh, – the other platforms like iTunes and our website and stuff. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, I'm curious then, how do you monetize this thing? It's just a basic subscription model like okay. other magazines. So, you know, you could do $1.99 a month just to make it simple, um, or you do $19.99 for the year. I mean, both are super, I mean, I, geez, I would charge $100, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, for, to do it just because the amount of work and time and you know the design and the yep. content and just everything that goes into one magazine i think is undervalued but you know you we we're not trying to uh, price gouge people just to make money here the the idea is to get content out there and give people a resource they can use to really you know boost their business if they already currently have one or learn how to take the steps they need to take in order to get their social enterprise off the ground um, but even more importantly, really to show them how are people that are making these big impacts on people's lives, how are they actually making a living doing that? What are their ideas? How does it work? Um, and we want to expose more and more people to that so that they can see how it works and they can get ideas and they get inspired. So, you know, that's that's where we're at now. But, you know, it's very competitive. You have sure. business or I will call it economic entrepreneurship. And that is, you know, the Inc. magazines and the Fast Company magazines. Their focus is traditional economic uh, entrepreneurship. And, you know, they're doing $9.99 for a subscription, but they have other, obviously, huge, um, you know, revenue resources outside of that, that digital magazine. So it makes it very tough to compete. So you have to make a decision at some point. Do you make it high price and show value? Or do you make it a lower price um, just to compete with everybody else? And right now we're just doing low point of entry because we're not trying to create a barrier to entry. No, that makes sense. And you could adjust your pricing at some point, right? Or add new features or, or whatever, right? You, who knows, right? There's always, yeah, you can always do that. Absolutely. So, you know, those types of things can happen. Um, and we did every other month. It makes it a little easier to focus on other things in between. So you've had some really big name people, um, you know, appear in the magazine and obviously the podcast. How did you go about reaching out to some of these people? I'm, I'm sure people are always wondering kind of how you reach out and get these people to be in your, your projects and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're working our way up the ladder. That's, that's for sure. So step by step, we try to keep, you know, strategically bringing on bigger and bigger names um, and building our, our proof of value and stuff like that. So, you know, up to this date, we've had a couple big names, which are social entrepreneur awardees, obviously a key um, um, target for us. And then, you know, Neil Patel has been our latest one, like I mentioned before. So that was a nice uh, addition to Change Creator. And honestly, I am just getting those guys through traditional outreach. And okay. what I mean by that is if I go to their website, sometimes they have a press page or... Yep. Um, I find out their email and I'll do a direct email. I mean, a lot of these guys, if they have a company name, um, you just put their first name at their company.com. <laughs> you yeah, know? you're right. And yep. you just take a stab at that. 
So it just depends and make sure you follow their guidelines of, you know, how to manage a request. You know, Neil Patel is very particular um, and he has multiple inboxes that go to different places. So you kind of have to shoot for the right one and he's not going to read them all. He can't. He gets a thousand emails a day. So how do you get his attention? Um, I went directly to him, um, you know, with his email and uh, did an outreach and I kept it super short, super precise. And I showed um, value towards him because he has this book that he had a book that was coming out, um, the one that I mentioned earlier. And uh, so I talked about that. It was a free press opportunity. Put him on the cover of a magazine. People seem to be attracted to the idea of a cover of a magazine. Totally. Um, and so it happens that way. I've had a few people say no that are super busy. Um, and it's understandable, right? But yep. um, otherwise, it's been pretty standard. I haven't had to do anything tricky. You know, I know some folks, There, there's a lot that can be done, you know, going at, to Amazon and looking at the upcoming books and stuff like that. So I've done some stuff. That is how I found Neil. But I didn't contact, like, their publishing company and all that stuff. I just found out that they have something coming up that I can speak to. Um, and then I went into the traditional outreach route. Um, if I don't hear back, then I'll start exploring other other avenues. But uh, the subject line, front cover of magazine, you know, usually gets them. <laughs> kind of do the same kind of stuff like I cold reach out to people for the show and you know you, like you said you, sometimes you hear back sometimes you don't hear back but I think most people are really happy to talk to and promote what they're doing right and especially when you're you're putting it in a positive light and you're, you're trying to you know you're basically saying like I love what you're doing you want to have a conversation and most people are are willing to do that right if they can schedule it in their uh, busy schedule Nine times out of ten, yes. And the busier they get when you get up to the, you know, the Ariana Huffingtons and Tony Robbins, you know, they have so many people coming at them for requests that, you know, they're going to be looking for you to prove your value of why they should spend time with you versus someone else because they can only do so much at a time. So it's, uh, you know, what's your reach, what's your readership, and all these kinds of questions will come out. Um, so if you're if you're prematurely getting in front of them strategically and you don't have certain things to, to speak to of that kind of value, um, not to say it can't be done, but it'll be more difficult. Yeah, very much so. That makes sense. And then you give part of your proceeds to charity, correct? Yeah. So at the end of each year, we'll do um, an assessment and do 10% of earnings towards the Charity Water. I think it's such a great group. Yeah, no, I, I learned about Charity Water a number of years ago. Kevin Rose runs a show. It was like foundation.kr was his domain or something. I don't know if he still does it, but it was like him interviewing um, kind of other entrepreneurs in, in the Valley. And then he went to Google Ventures and he kind of kept doing them a bit. But that's where I learned about them. And I think their cause is really, really cool and great and what they're doing for kind of the whole kind of global scale. But do you maybe want to kind of cover exactly what that charity does just for the listener that doesn't know what about them? Yeah, sure. I mean, they essentially, they go around to different areas that are lacking the resources and utilities to get access to the water that is there. So, I mean, you could be in Haiti and, you know, they have no water. These, these women are, especially these young girls who can't go to school, they can't get their education because they spend their darn day walking eight miles to go get water that is completely polluted and toxified and they carry it back for the family to use. Then they get sick. Um, it's just it's just a horrible cycle. And it's not that there is no water there. It's that they can't, they don't have the tools to get to it. So they 
uh, charity water for every about $10,000, you can um, have a well built. And so that is, they, they will go there and they dig the well, they give them the access and they, then now they're not walking eight miles anymore. So the short story is they basically are doing the work that, uh, to tap the resources that are there. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm curious then, there's gotta be a lot of people out there that are looking to kind of give back and do some sort of social program, maybe even in their, their company. What do you tell people to how to how to get started in actually caring and kind of giving back when you're, you know, have a company that's been running for a number of years? If you already been running for yeah. a number of years? Yeah. I guess it depends on what your company is and what it's doing. I mean, uh, you know, if you haven't started it, just like, you know, virality, it's like, have you built the company with that intention, meaning that your your output and your product or service is you know, rendering a social or environmental service. So, you know, it gets to be more difficult if you're just creating, you know, some widget that is for people to comb their hair. If you want to do something then that is more responsible or supportive and, you know, it's not basically the, not essentially the product is a couple things. One, make sure your product is being built sustainably. Okay. What are the, where are the resources coming from? How are the people treated that actually make those resources? And then what are those resources? So you have fair trade, you have responsible, um, you know, resource collection for your your building of your actual product and manufacturing. So sustainability is a factor. Um, and then you have the Tom's model, like Blake Mikoski, that you can apply, which is you know, a buy one, get one. So if you buy a pair of shoes, he gives one away. Sure. Can you apply a model like that so that you can support people in a certain way? Maybe even if it is a comb, hey, that is something that other people need too that they probably don't have access to. So there's opportunities like that. Um, you know, contributing to charities is another method, but charity is different because that is not, it's not necessarily giving people a tool <coughs> to, it's a little bit different. So like when you do a charity, that is, I guess your question is a little, a little bit different because you're talking about giving a good spin to a company that already exists. Um, yeah. The, what I was going to say about a charity is that it's more of a short, short term win. So they play a very important role, but it's for the immediate. Um, for example, if people are starving and you raise funding uh, to give those people food, like with this charity, sure. then they're going to alleviate the problem for a temporary period of time, but they're not actually going to give them the tools or change policies or change the system in any way to shift the equilibrium, the norm, so that that problem doesn't exist anymore. So it's just that temporary um, relief, that's all. No, that makes sense. And, and so I'm curious then, like, I, I guess it's changing the mindset, right? Because what comes yeah. to mind is anytime there's like a major holiday, whether it's like Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, there's all these like food and gifts and drives and, and whatnot. <laughs> and you're yeah. right, like they solve a problem for, you know, a few days or a few weeks, but people need stuff throughout the year, right? And just kind of changing that mindset that we should be maybe giving throughout the year instead of just giving, you know, one or twice a year, right? On these major kind of holidays. Yeah, I mean, how do you tweak your business model 
to do the two things, to maybe incorporate some level of giving on a regular basis um, or to make sure that you're doing things sustainably and you're not supporting some kind of slave labor, right? You know, things like that are big in the fashion industry. I just spoke to someone about that. Um, and so, yeah, it is. it does become a mindset. So take a step back and look at the whole system and you know, it's not just here's my business, here's what I do, I make a product and whatever happens after that, I don't care. It has to be where is it coming from, where does it go, and how does it impact environment and people? So you look at that whole picture because everything plays together sure. and you have to give it that 360 view and then you can start shifting your models and stuff so that you are considerate of that, which now you're gonna be a much healthier and sustainable company all around. Sure. So it sounds like just do your homework really is what it comes down to. Right. And then I think you could also turn that into a marketing kind of PR story for your yeah. company as well. Right. So it can have kind of multiple benefits, not just obviously like affecting people's lives, but you can also use it for your marketing, your company and look what we're doing and changing and, you know, kind of giving back. And I think especially as yeah. you're recruiting kind of younger people to come into a company or you're trying to keep your current employees you know, I, I think it kind of makes a lot of sense to your point early in our conversation about just kind of millennials and, and younger people um, really want to, they really care about this stuff, right? Where I yeah. think some of the older generation does care, but a lot of them just, it, it's, it's not something they think about on a daily basis. No, no. And, and you know, to your point about thinking, thinking through it, um, it is also, if you have an existing business right now, it is about the mentality and the mission that you apply that everybody goes by. So you don't want to have like, you know, I interviewed Carol Sanford and this is not an interview that's released yet, but she wrote the book, The Responsible Entrepreneur okay. uh, and also The Responsible Business. And she's quite a brilliant mind, but she has wonderful examples of how companies like who you would never imagine, like Procter and Gamble, um, have changed the way they've done business by reassessing their team. So instead of having isolated teams working on different things, they made sure from the top down that their, their guidelines and values of what they were trying to accomplish with sustainability with their products was threaded through all departments and at the same time, all departments were able to communicate and work together. So now we're all on the same page, we're working towards a common uh, mission and we understand what we're trying to accomplish. And they had just ginormous results of um, with that kind of uh, pursuit. Obviously I'm, I'm dumbing it down to a couple of sentences, but sure. it's a whole big uh, discussion. But it does, did come down to this collective thinking, shifting, you know, making sure people understood the principles and guidelines of what they were trying to do, getting people on the same page, opening communication, having transparency, uh, and by changing that old business model that was, you know, very different and isolated, they they really were able to shift the end result now and get much better better uh, uh, success. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I know the other industry that I've heard has been struggling to recruit people is kind of the oil industry, right? Because younger <laughs> people are just like, I don't want to work for you. It's just what it comes not. down to. They don't care about the money. They don't care about all that stuff, right? And so, you know, it's it's nice to see some of these big kind of large, archaic um, enterprise m kind of modernizing, for lack of a better term. The power of the people. It's, you have to, they have to submit to the will of the people 
Um, and it's a, you know, it's a scary game out there because you see lots of manipulation, lots of, uh, marketing ploys to, you know, twist the thoughts of people and what's real and what's not, what they're doing, what they're not. They have the whole concept <clears throat> of greenwashing, you know, oh, it's interesting. like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Are you familiar with greenwashing? So, you well, know, it's the idea. Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. But for the listener, maybe, uh, just mention what it is. So it is, it is using sustainability, responsibility, good causes um, as a marketing tactic to get consumer buy-in, to get consumer trust, where on the back end, it's not really something that is being applied. So it's basically false advertising. And it's kind of like going to, the, to buy a carton of milk and it has, you know, you know certain like BS comments on there about, you know, how it's sustainable or, um, it shows the cows in a nice pasture and this is what it's like and all this kind of stuff. When really it's like the most brutal, like dairy farm you, <laughs> you've ever sure. seen in your life. Um, so it's stuff like that, or, you know, they, they have different marketing on, um, you know, eggs and things like that, that free range. Okay. What does free range mean? Does anybody actually look up the definition of what that actually the guidelines are for free range? Because all it means is that they have to have access to like the outdoors. If I remember correctly for like an hour in a week, oh, <laughs> you know? okay. yeah, yeah. And, and, and they still clip their beaks. They still put, make them stand on wired cages their whole entire lives that like cut through their feet, like just brutal conditions. Um, you know, so you have to understand like what those things really mean. And just for those listeners who really want healthy eggs, get the ones that are labeled humane certified. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. No, I, I think that's good though, right? Because I think a lot of people just don't even think about it or don't really care. They just see a label. They're like, well, that must be true, right? Yeah, must be good. Yeah, yeah. must be good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it, some marketer came forward that was actually an actor and she did this whole skit about how they use language and you know uh, imagery to really kind of make you feel like you're buying the right stuff. Um, so you got to be very careful. Just become an informed purchaser. Um, it's the neglect and the you know out of sight, out of mind, which is really not only hurting the person, but it hurts it hurts everybody collectively. Sure. Well, Adam, we're kind of coming to the end of the show, so maybe let's close it with um, mentioning where people can get more information about um, Change Creator and uh, where they can get the issues to the magazine and the podcast. Yeah, sure. So Change Creator, you can just visit us at um, www.changecreatormag.com. Um, our website has all kinds of goodies. So anything that you're looking for to there's free downloads. There's also access to the magazine, um, free podcasts. Um, and the magazine is on Google Play and iTunes. We hope you check it out. Honestly, it's the cost of lunch in New York and you get just tons of solid content. We would love to hear from you. So don't uh, hesitate to reach out and contact us. Give us your feedback. We're still a growing company and we want to hear from you as much as possible. Perfect, Adam. Well, um, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and, uh, you know, have a good rest of your day. Cool. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate right. it. Great, man. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them in the future.